0: What if more than 40% or more than 50% of Americans believe in Flat Earth Theory? What would that look like? Huh. The story of Joshua and the Gibeonites is an age-old story that has been modified to be retold in different cultures over and over again for generations. Every time a story is retold, the focus may change and the moral of the story may shift. A common modified version of this story is one about how a clever young girl helped her country from being taken by a mighty foreign conqueror. That was a good story, but that's not what the original story is about. It is one of deception, and I will tell you how it was done and how it is still being done today. The story goes like this. Joshua, the protege of Moses, led the Israelites deep into the land of Canaan, taking over the Promised Land battle after battle, just as the God of Israel said they will. One of the inhabitants was the Gibeonites, and they were shaking in their boots, if they had boots. In order to avoid their likely disaster, they came up with a plan to scheme their enemy. They decided to engage with the Israelite army but pretended to be travelers from afar. They brought with them moldy bread and old wine skin to show Joshua how long they had been sojourning and suggested they should pledge a peace treaty with each other. Just as they predicted, Joshua was suspicious at first. But as soon as he saw the Modi bread and the old wine skin, he fell into the trap and made a treaty with the Gibeonites. He found out about the truth three days later, but it was too late. The damage was done, and the Gibeonites were safe. Yes, I know you heard the story before. The most common pitfall is that we would dismiss the story too quickly, brushing it off as just another children's Sunday school story thinking some nine-year-old may benefit from listening to it. Oh, we all have completely missed the point. And the point is? Narrative. A narrative is not just a story. It is the lens we use to view the world. I'll give you one example. The Independent War of America. To Americans, the independent war was the show of courage of free men who fought for their liberty, pushing back tyrants to establish democracy, building their own country in the home of the brave and land of the free. That's our narrative. But have you talked to the Brits? Oh, they don't exactly see eye to eye with us on what actually happened. Even the first Canadians didn't want to have anything to do with George Washington. That's how Canada was founded. You see, they, Have a very different narrative, and that narrative transpires very different values and perspectives, which draw a very different interpretation of reality. Some of you might be thinking, oh, but that's war. Of course we have opposing views every time we have a war, that's just different opinions. You're making too big a deal out of it. Really? Hmm. Well. Let me ask you this. Have you heard of flat earth theory? There are people, not only in America, but all over the world, who believe the earth is flat. Like today in the 21st century, that if you go far enough, you will fall over. The pictures of earth from out of space? Oh, they're fake. The government made all those up to make us believe that it's true. Yeah, we never flew to the moon either, not to mention Mars. These people are serious. They have conventions, they published books, they even conducted quote-unquote scientific experiments to prove their points. And if they could publish books and organize conventions, you can't simply dismiss them by saying they're just dumb. They're not. They just have a very strong conviction in what they believe. They are living in their own narrative. Try talking to them and convince that they're wrong, it wouldn't go anywhere. We don't take them seriously because there are only a handful of them, right? We're talking about hundreds or maybe a thousand people. They are harmless. They are just publishing books and holding talks among themselves. They may have attracted a few people to join their campaign once in a while, but that's all that is. So what? Let them be! But what if more than 40% of the American population are flat-earth theorists? What if they have enough political power to influence the Congress, to cut budget or even cancel space science research like NASA? Or change the school curriculum, not only in the elementary grades but also more advanced physical science subjects to fit their narrative? When Americans stand by to watch China, Russia, and everybody else surpassing us in dominating space science, flying starlings, satellites, space stations, or inhabiting Mars, and we are still having heated debates over whether the earth is flat or not, wouldn't you think differently about flat earth theory then? On one level. Of course there is the task to differentiate truth from untruth, otherwise not only there wouldn't be any progress in our civilization, it will simply vanish eventually. On a different level, we need to recognize how narratives can result in mass manipulation by creating an alternate reality. And that's exactly what the Gibeonites did with their scheme. When they encountered Joshua and the Israelites, they used the moldy bread and the old wineskin as props to construct an alternate reality. When Joshua stepped inside this construct, he could see only two options, to make a treaty or not to make a treaty. And any military personnel at that time knew that it only makes sense to make a treaty, so the two-choice scenario was really one solution in disguise. The Gibeonites had Joshua eating out of their hand from the start. Modern day politicians know this trick well. To be fair, many of them are smart people who navigate well with complexities. Paul Ryan is well versed with Ayn Rand, Obama read Reinhold Niebuhr. Even Josh Hawley wrote an article for Christianity Today back in 2019 and intelligently argued how the heresy Pelagianism permeates the church today. But when it comes to getting votes, they all know that complexity does not serve them well. Whatever subject matter they use to rally up support, it's best to nail it down to two choices. One is good, the other is bad. I represent the good, so... If you voted for me, you would have voted for the good. If you're a churchgoer, then one of those choices is what the people of God would stand for. The other is for the devil. So if you have voted for me, it's like you have casted a vote for God. Oh yes. In these alternate realities created by modern-day Gibeonites, we are faced with false dichotomies all over again. Similar to Joshua's duality in either making a treaty or not, we are told that we may side with either pro-life or pro-choice on abortion, identified as either Republican or Democrat in choosing our politics, or to believe that CRT is either upholding social justice or polluting the thoughts of our children. There are no longer complexities when engaging with these matters. Everything is boiled down to black and white, up or down. What's really happening here is that each side is telling you their version of the narrative using their own props. The props are more sophisticated now. They know you will see through the moldy bread and old wine skin right away, but it's not that easy with the interpretation of stats, repeated propaganda, media, and personal testimonies. In a polarized world that is continuously fed by polarized narratives, We desperately needed a third narrative. The idea of a third narrative is about independent thinking, coming up with our own vocabularies, bringing in new logic, cultivating new values, and forming new perspectives based on our own understanding of the reality, and not somebody else's. You know, like how Jesus does it. Yeah, that's Jesus in the Bible. It is recorded in the Gospels that the Pharisees wanted to test Jesus, so they asked him in public a political question that was in heated debate of the time. Should they or should they not pay taxes to Caesar? The faction that vehemently opposed to the idea of paying taxes was the Zalots. They were already deeply upset with the fact that Jerusalem was ruled by a gentile nation Rome. The Zealots believed the people of God should rise up and revolt against the Romans in every which way they could, including violence. Therefore, not paying taxes would be the trigger to a violent revolution already in the make. In fact, one of the twelve disciples of Jesus belonged to this group. What should Jesus say? Had he said no, he would be openly supporting an anti-government regime which would subject him to arrest and imprisonment, rendering the Pharisees' problem resolved. On the other hand, if he said yes to paying taxes, he would appear to have succumbed to the enemy. What kind of king of the Jews would Jesus be if he bowed down to the Gentile nation? He would have lost his leadership. Again, the Pharisees' problem solved. This is a Gibeonites moment in the New Testament. Like Joshua, Jesus faces a false dichotomy. By the way, do you know the name Jesus is the Greek version of Joshua? They are essentially the same name. But the difference is this. While the Joshua in the Old Testament was deceived, the one in the New Testament was not, because he answered the question with a third narrative. Give me a coin, he said. And then he asked the now famous question. Whose image is this? Whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. So give back to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. Everybody present at the time knew exactly what Jesus was referring to. He was talking about Genesis 1, where God created man in his own image. This is how the third narrative worked. First, Jesus brought in new vocabularies to this argument. He was not going to answer the Pharisees on their term. He's answering them on his term. You want to talk about tax? Let's start with the image of the taxpayer. Words bear values, and along with these values came new thought patterns and logic of reasoning. What is the new logic of reasoning? Give to Caesar what is Caesar's, Give to God what is God's. This new logic brings forth a completely new perspective of the reality, one that is different from the framework provided by the Pharisees. No, this issue at hand is not about whether you stop paying tax and start a violent revolution, or you continue with the current situation and settle for whatever you can get under the earthly authority. No, the issue is about your identity and to whom you pledge your allegiance. Jesus never walked into the construct created from the moldy bread and old wine skin like Joshua did. Instead, he brought on a third narrative, using new vocabularies and new thinking logic, demonstrating to his audience the reality behind the scene. So. Did Jesus answer the Pharisees' question? No he did not. He deconstructed the question, and he reconstructed the platform. The original question is the false dichotomy. On this new platform, this question does not even exist. In this world, we don't ask this question. This question can only lead to pain and sufferings. Remember what I said earlier? narratives. Are interpretations. Some interpretations can only lead to pain and sufferings. And sometimes those interpretations are intentional choices created by someone so they may get power, as was the case with the Pharisees. The same is true with the debate on pro life versus pro choice. The same is true with the fighting on CRT or conservatism versus liberalism. Most of the social debates we have witnessed are framed on false dichotomy for very practical political reasons. Their framings are merely narratives. Some narratives can only lead to pain and sufferings, and we have seen it, and therefore we are desperately in need of a third narrative.